0: Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to subscribe and to leave a review. Today, I am joined by Dr. Tracy Dalgleish. She is a psychologist and couples therapist who helps mothers and couples heal old wounds and find joy in their relationship. For over 15 years, Dr. Tracy has provided direct clinical services as well as researching, writing, and speaking about relationships. In addition to wellness seminars, Dr. Tracy makes clinical knowledge and research accessible to people through her contributions to popular media sites, including Motherly, Huffington Post, and Bustle. She's also the host of the podcast, I'm Not Your Shrink" and her new book, I Didn't Sign Up For This, Stories of Unlocking Old Patterns in Finding Joy in Our Relationships. That's going to be released this fall in 2023. A mom of two young children and owner of Ottawa's mental health clinic, Integrated Wellness, Dr. Tracy knows what it means to balance the full load. Tracy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Tara, so much for having me here. I am thrilled to be sitting with you, especially after connecting on Instagram, following your work, just seeing just how much you are helping other parents and mothers during this difficult season.
0: Oh, thank you, Tracy. I really appreciate that. I Think I failed to mention what the topic today is. Today our topic is the truth about setting boundaries, parenthood and in-laws. And it's it's a sticky topic. But before we jump into that, let's jump in about you. You've been helping couples for 15 years and lately you've been absolutely taking social media by storm. So, who is Dr. Tracy? Who is she? What do you do? Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs>
1: I love that, Tara. Thank you. You know, I would like to start with saying I'm human first. And that is something that is really big that's going to be in my book. In my book coming out, I didn't sign up for this, which is the most common thing that I hear from mothers and partners in their relationships is they are saying, this isn't what I thought would happen. And I can remember Once my first was born and then my second, finding myself with tears in the bathroom thinking, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I thought this would be, feeling the depths of resentment. And I remember it was one of our Canadian winters. We're recording in the winter right now. And it was, I was watching some television program nursing my second, and thinking, I'm not happy with the discourse around relationships in the media. This was back in 2017, 2018. And I thought, you know, I would like to reach more people outside of my office. So I started my Instagram account. I started podcasting. I started offering free resources so that parents could not feel so lost during such difficult seasons. Because this is just a really hard time in our lives. And, you know, we prepare everything that we can before having a child we prepare the nursery the birth plan who's going to see us in the hospital who's not and yet we don't prepare our relationships
0: that's so true that's one one of the things that i feel like as in the parenting space we talk so much about our relationship with our child but we sometimes forget to talk about the relationship with our partner and so that's what we're talking about today
1: Yes, yes, it's so important. And just all of the moving pieces that show up for people, that we didn't make these implicit experiences, our own opinions, our values, our roles, our beliefs, we didn't make this internal stuff explicit. Our expectations weren't spoken about, and then we fall into these roles Things happen outside of our control. And then over time, we're thinking, whoa, where, how did we get here? This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't how I thought it would be. I think that's a common experience for many people. So if you're listening today and you're struggling in this part in your relationship, maybe around boundaries with family, maybe with your partner feeling close and connected, I want you to know that many people are in this space with you and you are not alone in that struggle.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when we're planning on having a family or thinking about having a family or or even just starting to date someone, we'll say like, oh, well, do you want kids or do, do you not want kids? And like, that's a very basic question. That's sort of like the jumping off point, right? But then very rarely is it ever explored of like okay well what would it look like once we do have that baby what would our relationship look like once we have that baby and then how does that then impact like our family at large the in-laws the siblings you know aunts uncles all of that and so today we're going to be talking about boundaries in in-laws as we enter parenthood which Tracy that's a sticky topic because no one wants to Get into a fight with your mother-in-law. No one wants to get into a fight with their own mother. How do we approach this in a non-confrontational way? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, I think that – Such a challenging one and such a common piece. And I think where we need to start, Tara, is actually stepping back and asking ourselves what are the constructs we hold in our mind? What's the roadmap that we have of what it means to express our needs, what it means to express our wants and things that we don't want? And when we have this conversation around boundaries, boundaries gets, it's like this really firm word that people are like, Ooh, boundaries. Boundaries are bad. They're mean. They exclude people. And yet, Boundaries essentially are about sharing what it is that we want to happen and what it is that we don't want to happen. And the mothers that I work with, so speaking specifically to mothers, and we'll say parents in general, but we've got this generation of people who are afraid to not be nice. Who are people pleasers, who are putting other people first. And some of the pop psychology words that we use are things like we self abandon ourselves, we self blame, we, right? Like it's, we, we struggle to share with other people what we need. And I can think of a recent example in my community on Instagram. I share comments in the stories and talk about examples of how to share scripts. And I shared a script of how to assert what it is that you want or need with a family member. And a lot of people came into my DM saying... Dr. Tracy, I we could never, isn't this defensive? I could never say this. And so right away we can start to say the construct that many of us hold around sharing our feelings and needs with other people is that it's not nice, it's defensive, and that we shouldn't do this. So even before we go into how do we actually do this, let's look at what do we believe about boundaries? And I think it's important when we go into this time, Tara, is that we acknowledge that a lot of our expectations. Are internal and we don't make them explicit. So they're implicit. What does it mean for your mother-in-law who lives down the street to drop by after baby is born? Has anybody talked about that? Has anyone decided what will happen when baby cries? Can you go and pick baby up from your mother-in-law's arm or will she say, no, no, I have it, right? And all of these stories I've heard from people in my community and from clients. This is just such a challenging thing to do. So when it comes to the non-confrontational piece, I think something we need to accept is that setting boundaries can sometimes feel confrontational if you're not used to doing it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, then how can we do it so that it doesn't feel that way? Yeah, lots of practice. So first, I think we need to
1: start by identifying what do you want and need? What is it that feels good? What is it that doesn't? And how have you and your partner talked about that? So oftentimes, you know, If this is a new space for you, talking about it beforehand can be really helpful and really important. Talk to your partner, making sure that you are on the same team. It's going to really depend on who that person is that you want to set the boundary with. Is this someone who is open to hearing what you have to say? Or are they someone who slides into the victim or martyr mentality and maybe they get defensive or they twist things around and put it all back on you so asking yourself who am I setting this relationship with or who am I setting this boundary with and then who what kind of relationship do I want to have with this person are going to be two important questions before actually going into setting it I like to use this go ahead sorry
0: well the only thing I was thinking on that too was that I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong here, but the people that you do have to set the boundaries with are those people that are not going to take it the right way. Because yes. many times the people who, whether it's inherently that they understand your needs or or setting boundaries themselves, right, you're not going to have to be as explicit about that. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Right. There are people in our
1: lives who are going to be understanding of us and understanding of our needs. And then there are going to be people who are not. And that doesn't mean it's a reason to not set a boundary. It just means that the way you're going to communicate it and the way you might need to hold it is going to change. So Tara, I like to use uh, EDC model. It's a, it's an acronym. We use EDC in therapy. So you always start with empathizing with the other person. Letting the other person know that you understand where they're coming from and that they have good intentions is a fantastic way to lower defenses right so if we think of the mother-in-law we can say i know in this moment or i know you love being grandma you love coming over and spending time with us and building a relationship with baby right you're letting them know i see you i see you have good intentions that helps to lower their defenses and then the next piece is really letting someone know what's happening for you what what do you feel in these times what doesn't feel good what, and then clarifying. So D is describe. Describe what it's like to be you. And the important piece when you go into this describing piece is to not give the long paragraphs of why you feel the way you feel. A challenge with boundaries is that people often water down their message by giving too much information. So keeping it concise, keeping it clear and simple is really important. And then the last piece around expressing a want or a need with someone is letting them know, what do I want to happen next time? And that is the C piece, which stands for clarify, clarify for next time. Let's say grandma knocks on your door unexpectedly. I'm here to see the little one. And this is just not the day. And so you say to them, I know you love being grandma. I know you love these drop-in visits. I don't do well with these drop-in visits because there's a lot going on in my day. Next time I need you to let me know before you come over. Never happens that clear though, does it?
0: No, it, it really <laughs> doesn't. That's the thing about scripts sometimes. And I, and I know I've had with so many parents about this. Is like You try these scripts and they sound perfect on paper and academically, but then once you put them in real life, it just, doesn't work out quite the same way that you envisioned. It
1: doesn't. And and I think this is the piece where we stumble in boundaries is then we start to get into over-justifying why we need something. And as soon as you start to over-justify something, then you're giving the other person permission to enter into your boundary. Well, why are you Mm. doing that? Why does it have to be that way? And so then you start to over-justify. But instead, one of the best things you can do is play the broken record, I know you want to visit right now, and now is not a good time. Yes, I know that's hard, and now is not a good time. You'll have
0: to call us later to schedule a time. That's such a good example. I'm also thinking of sort of an an example, let's say, of when the child's a little bit older. Maybe the child is at grandma's house, right? And maybe they were there for a visit during the day. Maybe they slept over. And you... Arrive at grandma's house to take your darling one home and you see that they're jumping on the bed while eating cheese doodles and jelly beans and they're watching rubbish on TV, right? Let's just, let's just say they're doing things that you otherwise would not necessarily be doing at home. How do you deal with that? Not in your own home, right? So, like, it's not your turf, and I am using that in quotes. It's it's not your turf, but it's still your child, and and your in laws may be exhibiting a different parenting style than you are used to. So, what do you say in those situations?
1: Mm. I think when it comes to safety for our children, that you know, we know there is a choking hazard if you are jumping up with food in your mouth. Then it's a it's a hard boundary. It is a I can't have my child eating food while they're jumping on the bed. And we don't jump on beds. So next time I need you to not let them jump on the bed. It's clear. It's it's just that. And their reaction will tell us a lot about how they feel about that. Oh, oh, I, I was, you know, it's just this one time or, oh, don't be ridiculous. Right. And so, again, we don't need to argue with them. We simply restate it. And the piece around boundaries is it's not that we need. And so this is the piece that we get hung up on. We want other people to agree, and to like our boundary. And when it comes to boundaries, particularly with our children, it, they don't have to like it. It's okay if they're upset. It doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. But we still have the right to
0: express it and to hold it. I love makeup. It's the one thing that makes me feel put together. My hair can be a disaster and I could be wearing sweatpants and a hoodie, but I love having my makeup on. Everyone has their own thing, right? I recently started using Mommy Makeup, a brand specifically designed for busy moms like us. Their products are talc-free, paraben-free, and made in the USA. Using the Mommy Makeup system, you could have flawless makeup in six minutes. I use their Mommy's Little Helper Concealer, the Smudge Proof Anywhere Cream, Stay Put Gel Eyeliner and Mascara. And of all of their amazing products, My favorite might be the Triple Sticks Lipstick and Cream Blush. These conditioning pencils are lipstick, cream blush, and treatment all in one, which is a huge time saver for me in the morning. Mommy Makeup even offers free color consultations so you could find the best colors for you. Head over to mommymakeup.com and use my special promo code MOMPROBS to receive 20% off. That's M-O-M-P-R-O-E-S to get 20% off. Right. Because the reason why I said about the on the different turf is that I've, I've seen this before and I've heard this is like, well, this is grandma's house and this is how we're going to do it at grandma's house and you could do it differently in your own home. And so that's a little sticky, right? Because then it's a, it becomes a turf war, so to speak.
1: Yeah. And if this is a hard line for you to follow, then we won't be coming over here or I won't be leaving my little one with you. If that's a hard line for you to follow. And if you'd like to see us, then you can come over to our house. Right. And and this is that peace terror that so many of us struggle with, which is what's the consequence? Right? You start out, you don't have to start out saying, if you don't follow my rules at your house, then we are not coming over anymore. You start out loving. You start out giving them permission, giving them the most generous interpretation. Oh, they didn't see them. Oh, they got distracted by a phone call, whatever it is, right? Please, next time this can't happen. And then when they give you more information, then you can say what the consequences and hold that consequence because ultimately you're protecting your child or you're protecting yourself, whatever the boundary is about. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) It is. It's sticky. I mean, and that's why I think then this situation can then also lead to strife with your partner, Mm -hmm. Right. And and I'm sure that leads to a certain level of resentment either between you and your partner or then between you and your in-laws. And I want to talk a little bit about resentment now because I think that it's a big part of this conversation. It's a huge
1: part. Whenever I pull my community over, 85% of people will say they feel resentful towards their partner. That's huge. And resentment I understand it as a complex emotion. It's a toxic emotion because if we don't start addressing things, it erodes at the health of our relationship. It creates greater disconnection, more resentment, greater disconnection, greater distress. And we know that as parents, when there is distress in our relationship, it's even harder to parent and to show up as you want to. It's a vicious cycle. And so what's often underneath resentment are all kinds of other emotions like jealousy, jealousy. Envy, anger, loss, pain, sadness, anxiety, fear, worry, all of those emotions can be underneath that. And the way we can understand resentment is by looking to see, the number one reason why I see people feeling resentful is that there are unmet needs. And it's either that they haven't communicated those needs, often they're inside and we think that others should just know what they are, or we haven't communicated them in a way that our partner can understand them, Or our partner is not stepping into the relational arena with us and being our partners and not meeting those
0: needs. Mm. It's an interesting way to think of that. I feel like with the the in-laws many times is that your partner may then feel torn between his mother and his wife right and so he probably also doesn't know and i'm using this for like hetero families that he doesn't know which way to go do i listen to my mom do i listen to my like wh- you know and and then it's sort of like triangulating in a certain way where you know one of those women is going to be other right whether it's the mother-in-law that we're going to other her or we're going to i'm going to team up with my my mother and then other my wife and and so it's a really challenging dynamic for many families it it is at the crux for
1: particularly for men in a hetero relationship, which is, am I going to upset my mother or displease my wife? And it's, it's such a common thing that I see happening for people who join me and be connected on my program or those, I, I mean, Tara, I did a conquer resentment workshop last year and I couldn't believe the number of people that were signing up just because this was such a big thing that was happening. And one of the things that i notice clinically working and this isn't this isn't research based but this is the clinical experience of the past 15 years working with couples is that women tend to come to a space of setting boundaries with their family a lot early on they mm. learn to say no society almost jokes about the raging moody teenage daughter that says i hate you right <laughs> that showed up early for us. It's not just in the teenage years, right? And yet we know that in a sample of men and women, that more men have avoidant attachment, which means that they are more likely to stuff down their emotions and needs. We know that society teaches our boys to not feel and to not cry and to pull up your socks and move forward. And by not Practicing by not being encouraged to share feelings and needs, what this means is that they don't they tend not to set those boundaries early on compared to their their wives and so then we reach these big boom moments in relationships it's either at the wedding where parents are having their wishes known, and that's not how it's going to be. Or I often see it when a child joins the family is then it's, it's the, I'm turning to you, my husband, I need you to set a boundary. And then the husband saying, well, it's not a big deal. It's just mom. Like, just get over it. It's not a big deal. And I like to contextualize this to say, you know what? This isn't okay. We need you guys to be on the same team. And your partner doesn't have practice doing this. They don't know how to. There's a lot of learning in this. And, you know, it's actually been really incredible stepping outside of my therapist role and being a partner with my husband and even watching him on his own boundary journey of sharing things that he wants and doesn't want with his own family. And... I think it's really important to kind of remember that when we're
0: navigating this conversation because
1: otherwise the resentment will build. Yeah.
0: I've been seeing that a lot more even within our family. It may have taken 40 years, but, but the boundaries are definitely starting to be set in a way that they probably hadn't been earlier, which is nice to see. It, it's growth. We we
1: need to give our partners permission to grow. And so then what's important around this conversation is dialogue and understanding and having this willingness to have first compassion for our partners, right? We can be curious about what they're experiencing, what the struggles are. And, you know, partners, this is kind of like a question to, to for those listening, tuck this inside of you. Your partner may not be able to answer it the first time. But over time, it might start to show up. What happened for you as a kid when you said no to mom and dad? What happened when you got so mad and angry? What did they do? How did they respond? Because that's going to be a window into what it's like today and how they're responding now. So, my recommendation to, and you know, it's interesting, Tara, growing myself as a human. As a parent, as a therapist, growing in my career as a therapist, I feel more confident sharing this with all of this experience behind me, which is that for a successful couple to thrive in the difficult throes of parenthood, you need to be on the same team. Not in the way that you wall out family members and you say, we are, you know, we're going into estrangement mode. You're out. We're cutting you out. That's not what we want particularly if it doesn't connect with your values. But what it is, is we're going to take what we learn from our families. We're going to co-create our family here. And then we're going to come together as a team because the worst thing any of you could do with your family or him or her with, or there with their family is to say, well, Tracy doesn't want you to come over anymore during the day. So sorry, mom, you can't come over. That's the essence of scapegoating, of triangulating. And we don't want that to happen between you and your partner.
0: Yeah. What do you say? That, that's so helpful. And, and personally, anecdotally, I'll say that I, I've seen some of the most successful families are the ones that do that, that say that we are our own team. And it's not that we don't want to be a part of the larger extended family, but we do have to focus on our own needs and our own day-to-day. For now and it usually bodes really well for that couple and then their children,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you're modeling it that you're modeling that to your children so that they can see what it means to be a solid couple, mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what do you say? You, you meet with a lot of couples, and so, what do you say to your couples who come and sit down on your couch and they say? <sighs> Dr. Tracy, help us Help us set boundaries that don't compromise us as a couple and us as parents.
1: Mm-hmm. We need to first understand what their belief systems are around boundaries. I need to understand what gets in the way. I need to understand, and, and not just I need to as a therapist, but they together. We need to go into... What makes it so hard for you to say no to your mom? What gets in the way? Is it fear? Often it's fear. And then what would that be like then to sit in a bit of that fear and to have to then maybe have them upset with you? And how could we then navigate that together? How could I support you to do that? And then also too, I think we also need to look at what is the boundary? Is this about... You know, I'm thinking recently of this mom I worked with and the in-law had made this comment and it just kind of kept coming out as like this comparison and it wasn't feeling good. And we talked about, is this the person that you bring something up to? Or because they don't have an awareness of their comments, of how they show up, is this a self boundary that you put into place? So sometimes a couple needs to decide are we doing this and sharing something because this is really important? Or are we navigating different ways to show up with our relationships? I can remember another person I worked with that we decided that, well, she decided that going to every Sunday night dinner with her in-laws was no longer what was filling her up and was actually leading her to feel more rage and resentment towards her husband because we have to acknowledge there's a dynamic that existed in their family well before you joined. And so then if you start going to Sunday night dinners and you're like, I just need them to be different. Why can't they speak softly? Why can't they stop these snarky comments and stop being so passive aggressive? When we talk about that, we're no longer talking about what's within our control. And so then you as a couple need to decide what's going to be best for us as a unit. And because for this particular individual, family is one of their values. They wanted their child to be connected with family. And so she chose to stay back. And the fascinating thing about that is as soon as she chose to step back from Sunday night dinners, he and baby went and did the things. And then he had a chance to start to see what she was seeing. And then he had the opportunity to start stepping in and saying, mom, you can't say that mom. That doesn't feel good. We're going
0: to, we're going to go now. Okay. I think that is probably s- might've been the most important piece of advice that you dropped there because it's so real. It, that, it, that is a story that I feel like a hundred thousand people will raise their hands and say, yes, I relate to that. Yes. I identify mm-hmm. with that because I mean, unless I'm just speaking from my own f- experience, but... It, it, it's I a think- common
1: story that shows up in my office, that shows up in my community,
0: 100%. Right? I, I'm sure your followers of your community must say stuff like that all the time, where it's like, I've now joined this family. Like you said, I've joined this family already in progress. And whether it's your parenting style or just you, your personality in, in general, and you're seeing what's happening around you, and it's like... It, is it me? Am I the one? (laughs) (laughs) But how can I set boundaries, like you said, for myself, whether they're like self boundaries or set them for my in-laws? It's hard. You can't know all of a sudden, you know, change the family that you've married into. So you can only really change yourself or your own situation. Yeah. I think
1: that's worth repeating there, Tara, is that you married your partner, you chose your partner, you've chose to live this life with them and acknowledge that you likely had expectations of their family and they're not able to meet that. So for many people, it is grief. It is grieving this idea that I thought maybe I would get a mother figure in my life who would actually care about me Or who would nurture me in the way that I didn't get with my own mom, or who could offer something different. And so we could build our family and have these moments, these kind of long weekends together, or these really fun birthday parties together, and acknowledge that sometimes our expectations are not met and we need to grieve that. And then remember that it's you and your partner, it's the we, right? It's the us against what the problem is and the problem is then how do we exist alongside them in a way that works best for both of us
0: beautifully said Thank dr you. tracy you are incredible tell everyone where we can find you online what new projects you have coming up tell me all the details all the details after
1: listening to today please come see me on instagram at dr tracy d The most fulfilling and meaningful thing for me, Tara, is when someone sends me a DM. I'm in my DMs. We're social. So send me a DM. Let me know what resonated with you today. I love hearing that. And then also check out my free resources. If you're struggling to repair after the fight, I have a free masterclass for people. And all of that can be on my website, drtracyd.com, where all of my resources are there. And also check out my podcast. It's called I'm Not Your Shrink. I love it.
0: And the book, tell us a little bit about the book. And the book.
1: The book is coming out in the fall. Tara, I am so thrilled. This is four stories of people who have said to me, I didn't sign up for this. Four people who, so three couples, one individual woman. She represents so many of the women who come to my office where partners are not Coming in with them, and they are healing these old wounds that stop them from feeling good in their relationship. And the fifth case that's in the book is me and my own marriage. I want to remind everyone that your therapist is also a human.
0: (laughs) That's the thing. I think so many times people see therapists and they think, gosh, like they don't have any problems. They always know the right thing to say. Their children listen to them the first time that they ask. And that's not necessarily the case. No, no. And I, I'm really hoping that that's the message that people
1: will take away from this book. It's becoming quite powerful through the the words. And that is that I knew all the things. I I helped so many couples beforehand. I knew how hard parenthood would be on us. And yet... I did the things as we are human and it's okay to struggle. So that will be on my website. And also if you're following me on Instagram, you'll be the first to know about it. I am so excited for this piece. It, it is like the book on the nightstand that I'm hoping you won't be able to put down because you need to know how it ends.
0: Ah, I love it. I'm so excited for you, Dr. Tracy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tara. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow Or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.